Hallelujah. Well, amen. Let's agree one more time for the word of the Lord. We're finishing up our series on flawless, honoring the word of God this past month, and I get to put the exclamation point on this series. Uh, We'll be talking about loving and longing for the word of God, the communion, devotional part of the word. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for that you are a great God. And because you're a great God, you raise up great churches that love you. And, Lord, we just one more time ask for your anointing upon your word. May um, you oil it, set it on fire, let it penetrate our heart. Give us a fresh hunger, a fresh desire, even a fresh longing for the word of God. May it be the main course in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I was um, away with um, the pastoral team here. Uh, We're away. Some of you know, um, some of you might not know, at our network of related pastors, we're part of a network of about 51 churches led by Brother Rod Aguilar and also by Brother Keith Tucci. So once a year, we gather together as pastors and wives and leaders. This year, we were down in uh, just west of New Orleans, and uh, somebody asked me if it was a great gathering. Thank you very much. I heard, heard it loud and clear from Kerry there. It was like the best gathering that we've had. Um, and one of the reasons, the presence of the Lord was so real. And uh, Daughter Harvest was leading worship. And, of course, I can't say too much because that's my daughter. But she does release the river and the glory of the Lord. And so we had great fellowship. We had uh, great exhortive teaching. But most, I thought most importantly... Pastors need just to be fresh. They need to be in the, in the river of God, just floating, blowing bubbles a little bit, getting refreshed, and that really happened. And for me personally, I hope you care about this, but I used to pastor down there in the church we were meeting for about 20 years with Brother Rod. So to see people I helped pastor for that period of time going strong, that's encouraging. And then to be uh, hearing Harvest Worship and then Tabitha helped out. Uh, a little bit on Tuesday night. That was awesome. Then we brought all the Roar students with us. And just to have them exposed, they're learning uh, in a course right now about the church, to see pastors and leaders dwelling together in unity. How many think that's pretty important? So I was kind of blessed in all different directions. And uh, Susie and I got a prophetic word from a prophet, an older prophet, and he talks like this deep, Brother Joe Rowe. So he encouraged us, and they really honored the roar and the global roar and uh, global roar sending structure. So it was a great time. We just got back uh, Saturday night. We spent two days visiting my uh, other son. His name is Josiah in Lafayette, uh, Louisiana, and he's got a couple twins that we got to see, and, and Susie held them dearly. I held them too, but I held them carefully. So we just got back last night. So um, I'm a happy guy. Anybody else happy here today? Amen. And um, one thing I just want to add before I I begin to open this up is um, I finished my message because of the fullness down there on Friday, and then Sherry D. had a a scheduled meeting with her family in Texas. So guess what? We don't have a PowerPoint this morning. So can you guys live through that? I will be the PowerPoint. So you got to actually listen to me, and we will have the scriptures up at the normal uh, beautiful colors and stuff uh, won't be there. So is that okay with you guys? You going to pay attention even more? I'm thankful. Amen. So our title as we finish up our flawless series is Loving 
and longing for the word of God. Now, there's one thing to be obedient, and there are times where we we need to be obedient, just keeping a diligent schedule in the word. But that happens. But what the goal is, is that we love the word of God so much. It's the centerpiece in our lives. God says um, that he placed his his word even above his name. That sounds crazy, but that's what Psalm uh, 120, um, 137 verse, 138 verse 2. That's not on my notes. But um, the word of God, we should relish it. When we, we miss any time, we should feel it. And so I want to help stir up a longing and a love. It, it certainly is a big part of my life. And I have the privilege to teach uh, at least three days a week, many classes, of course, in the roar. So my word life um, is a lot in teaching, but it also needs to be, just like yours, a lot in devotional, personal time with God. So loving and longing for the Word of God. First scripture, this is, these two scriptures are an expression of a healthy love life with God and His Word. Psalm 119 verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your law, with an exclamation point, the Word of God. It is my meditation all the day. This is David speaking. David had a love relationship with God, and when you have a love relationship with God, you want to hear his words. It's there. Great job, guys. I want to say it again. Oh, you can hear uh, David's passion. Oh, how I love your word, your law. It is my meditation all the day. So when we're healthy and our relationship with God in his word, it's, it's not just only a devotional time, quiet time we spend with God. Everybody needs to do that. We'll talk about that. But it's something that spills over and we think and we meditate and we apply and in our normal conversation, we just fit in the word of God. It just happens. It's not a religious thing, but out of the abundance in our heart, our mouth speaketh. Amen? How many want fat hearts filled with the word of God? If you squeeze you, what comes out is praise God and probably some exhortation from the word. Here's another really healthy response to the word of God. This is one of my favorites. This is David here in Psalm 119, verse 20. David says, My soul breaketh for the longing that it has unto thy judgments or thy word at all time. How many want a heart that breaketh and longeth for the word of God like that's real? How many really would like that in your heart? Amen. Most of you do. So let's talk first. I'm going to give you three points, and then I want to release you to have a lot of great time in the gym but also want to release you that you go home. Maybe you're going to have a nap. Your wife's going to cook some great food. But maybe today, Sunday's a great day. Maybe you'll spend a little time. Maybe you'll read a psalm today. Maybe you'll read a proverb before you go to bed. And it's going to be so rich for you. All right. Number one, first point I'm making here, major point, learning to value the word of God. We're living in a culture that basically does not value the Word of God. Do you realize that? Most people in the world that you see on the interstates, the highways, and the byways, right, that you meet in the office, wherever you work, they're not running over with excitement to the Word of God. So our our culture, our nation does not understand how valuable God's Word really is. It's way more valuable than any man's Word. And um, here's how we start, learning to value the Word of God. 
subpoint number one. Jesus is the Word of God. And this is how he's chosen to speak with us. He speaks to us primarily through his verse. But how many know as we spend time with him and love him and obey him, the verse oftentimes will become a voice. How many have had the verse become a voice in your life? You know, you got maybe it's just going to be not only a just, but a word of encouragement for you daily. Maybe it's going to be when you're at the crossroads of a decision, a decision that's going to affect your life, affect your family. You're going to be getting up and moving someplace. You're looking at one that's happened many times. Sometimes you'll have a bunch of opportunities that come your way. Lord, which is the one that you're providing? What is the one that's part of my destiny where you're leading and guiding? Will you get that from coming alongside, separating yourself unto the Lord, reading and meditating on the Word of God? And most of the time, God is going to speak to us through those scriptures. How many have had those experiences in your life? This is how, um, hopefully, I'm not saying I've always hit it 100%, but this is how we make the right choices. Life is full of choices. The choices that we make should be based on the direction of the Word of God. So, learning to value God's Word, starting off, Jesus is the Word. Look what he says to us in John 1.1 and then verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's value. The same was in the beginning with God, says John 1, 1, and then verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. So we often say uh, Jesus is the Word of God with flesh on it, but holy flesh. And if you want to learn about how to act and how to live in this life, we, we look at the life of Jesus. We look at the Word of God. Amen? So, again, the Word of God is even higher than the name of God. So, how much we love His Word, putting that, that truth together that Jesus is the Word of God, how much we love His Word and obey reveals how much we love Jesus. Right? Doesn't it make sense? If, if we're not embracing, loving, meditating, on the Word of God, it's, it's an indicator that Jesus needs to be nearer to us and more vibrant and, again, more of a centerpiece uh, in our lives. Amen? And, I, and here's the deal. Uh, as a pastor, I'll say, you know, pastoring and being in the ministry for 40 years, there are days when the Word of God is rich and it's exploding and it's hurting my eyes and it's so exciting and I have to get up and dance a little bit, do a little dance, it's not like I used to do. I used to leap. Now it's a little dance, right? But other days, it's just being obedient on a gray, not snowing day. That's the worst day for me. If it's gray and snowing, I think it's doing that out, outside. Um, that's a happy day for me. Maybe other days are happy for you. But the point is, then we just need to be persistent and consistent in the Word of God. And that keeps us steady that keeps us encouraged. That keeps us on course. So the key thing, it's not always a big-time emotional thing, although that's the goal at times, more and more. But it's a loving, prioritizing, spending time with God's Word, 
in Jesus' name. Do you get it? So the more we love his word is a reflection on the more that we love Jesus. Um, how about this? Another sub-point here. Jesus reveals his love for us through his word. I look at the word of God as many things, but the word of God is a love letter from God. As you're in love with your wife, or maybe there's someone here not in the roar, a young person, because in the roar we just love Jesus and we love one another, but we don't have any love letters going back and forth to one another. There's no pairing off is what I'm saying. After they graduate in the parking lot, things might happen that are holy and pure. But in the roar, no. But how many remember the days, older saints in the room, when you, uh, you got love letters from your, your bride-to-be? How many remember that? Susie uh, was a missionary in Guatemala when we first met. And I and her looked forward. There weren't, wasn't Facebook then or messaging. But that when those letters came in the mail, man, drop what you're doing. I used to tear open those letters, and they were always so encouraging. How much more? Through the word of the Lord. It is our love letters. Here's, um, here's, a, here's a, a scripture women like, but men, you can partake of this too. Song of Solomon is an awesome love letter from, from God to the church. Um, almost embarrassed reading this, Bishop. Uh, Psalm, <laughs> Song of Solomon, uh, verse 1, 2. Is it up there? Let him kiss me. With the kisses of his mouth. I'm not really embarrassed. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. How many know we need to be reminded, even though we, we know that God loves us, how many, because I'm no different than you are, I need to be reminded how much God loves me. We need to be reminded of his love again and again and again. Is that true or what? It is because we're humans and we get caught up in, in not bad things necessarily, but good things. But we need to know how real God's love is and how much he cares. You know, Susie and I have been married. Uh, we'll be 40 years on May 15th, 40 years. And um, if she was here, she would amen this. Maybe she's hearing in the gym. I don't know. But how many times I tell her that I love her is probably more than I realize. I always, it's like my breath. When we're together, we're traveling together. When we have a rare time, we're home alone. We still got a couple uh, folks with us. We're not rushing them out. We got a mother-in-law living 90, 90 years old, and uh, she's with us, an apartment that we built for her. And then I also have Tabitha with us, and Darren's in the basement in the Roar School. And I don't care. I'll do that when, when they're there anyway. But um, And I noticed the more pressure I have on my life from any direction, the more I'm telling her how much that I love you. And uh, I'm not boasting in that. It's just a fact. And, and it's like Canadian ducks flying overhead, right? I teach the Roar students that. You hear them all the time. They're in that V formation. What they're telling is uh, they're encouraging each other. Hey, you can make it. There's a beautiful pond up ahead. There's a, there's a, a cornfield with delicious dried corn, you can make it. Don't lag behind. You know, that's what they're doing. Well, I notice more and more in our, my relationship with Susie, it's, all, it's usually me, not that she doesn't love me, but she doesn't do it this way, but I'm always telling her. 
And I told her this morning, hey, have I told you this morning how much that I love you? No. And, and she'll sometimes almost seem like she's blowing it off, but I know she's receiving it into her spirit, and it's encouraging her. So that's, if it's like that on earth, how much more do we need to hear that from heaven? Is it not true? Here's one more verse out of so, uh, Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Draw me. And I'm going to make it personal here. I will run after thee. Draw me, and I will run after thee. The king has brought me into his chambers. That's that place of intimacy with God. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. I'm going to make it I. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. This is the devotional, loving communion flow that we need to be healthy and strong, and to do what God's called us to do. Can anybody say amen? Uh, Lisa or Ricky, can you put up that, that picture I gave you? That slide? Yeah. I got this from um, Sierra Brown. She posted this on Facebook. How many know your devotions cannot be Facebook, even though once in a while there's a scripture? But there are good things. So the biggest deception is who you think you have to be to become, um, excuse me, the biggest deception, you can read better than me here, is who you think you have to become in order to earn the love of God. That's a deception. As Aaron was sharing, as we were worshiping today, God's love is constant. God, God loved us even when we were lost and, and the chief of sinners. How much more now that we've yielded to him, received his blood, been born again? And, um, hey, if you've, if you've stumbled, if you've fallen, if you've sinned, the devil would say, run from God. God says, run to him because he's full of mercy and he loves you. The righteous fall seven times, but God forgives us 144 times and much more than that. So, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be exactly on your, your love game with the Lord. God loves you, and come to him, and come to his word, and you're not going to be condemned. You're going to be forgiven as you repent, and you humble yourself, and come to the Lord, and get a, a, a love bath from the word of God. Amen? So, you got the first point. We learn We've got to learn to, to value the Word of God. It is precious. You know, I've been among Muslims, ministering to Muslims. I remember one time in New Orleans, and um, I w- he invited me to meet with him, and I dropped my Bible on the floor, and the Muslim actually freaked out, and, and he picked it up, and he wiped it off, and he held my Bible near his heart. Are we going to love the Word of God more than a Muslim? That's a challenge to you, <laughs> you know. They, they love it as a, almost an a, a idolatrous type thing. They don't really know it and don't obey it as we know the Word of God. But brethren, let's, let's have the Word of God be precious. Amen? So, can I give you one more quote? I asked, uh, how many know Coralie Wolf, one of our choice missionaries on the field? Anybody realize that um, Coralie loves the Word of God? Has anybody ever seen Coralie's Bible? What's it like, Marion? Yeah. Yeah, is it shredded from use? I think her last Bible 
uh, it fell apart from use. And then her, her, this is literally true. And uh, I actually asked her, Coralie, um, send me a little little paragraph on, on why you love the Word of God. But her, her word is not only underscored and colored, but it's also tear-stained. And uh, she's an encouragement to me. We're, we're supposed to be leading and training them, but, but sometimes they encourage us. And, and, and to, to have young people especially in love with the Word of God is a precious thing, I find. Amen. So I asked her to, to give us a word of encouragement about her love for the Word of God. So you guys ready? Just listen. You don't have to obviously write this down. Coralie says, for me, I long to know Jesus. So she's equating the Word of God as revealing who Jesus is. So track with her here. For me, I long to know Jesus. Like, who is he? Who is this man that we love and we are called to love with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul? Who is this one I would by grace give my life for or daily give my life to? Who is this one I will love and live for all the days of my life and teach others to do the same? What is his character, his personality, his likes or dislikes? So the Word of God is a personal thing. It's how God speaks to us, reveals his heart to us. And Coralie's got that revelation and lives there. May each one of us, in our own way, find that, that love and that, and that intimate personal reason to read the Word of God. For her, it's to know his likes, his dislikes. Isn't that precious? She's listening this morning on the message, so she's supposed to say, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Keep reading the Word, Coralie. You're a great example. Okay, number two, main heading here, crave killers of your hunger for God's Word. Crave means to obviously really love intensely, but crave killers of your hunger and love for God's word. How many know the last thing hell and the earth wants you to do is to love and read the word of God? It's, it's really true. Anybody ever be all set up to read the word of God and one distraction happens after another? I've watched it happen. I've watched, well, all of a sudden I'm interested, well, what's the weather like? What's on Fox News? You know, I'm all set up early in the morning reading the Word, but my flesh is, is sometimes wants to do everything but that. Well, i got that one more thing I've got to do. And I've actually watched it. It's like a string of, of distracting things. Finally, you just got to put your foot down, open the book, and say, and just put, put blinders on. I'm going to look at the Word of God. And if the enemy and my flesh is resisting this much, there must be something God's gonna gonna talk to me about. Amen. So crave killers, number two, of your hunger for God's word. And the big one is a love for this world. Um the author says, Matthew here in Matthew thirteen, twenty two, a verse that you know, as for what was sown among thorns, right? Talking about different soil, different hearts. The, the thorny heart, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the world, uh, excuse me, the word, and it proves unfruitful. I think like 
more than any other generation, we're living in a generation that has so many distractions. Facebook, don't raise your hand. I mean, I communicate all over the earth with all our missionaries and folks we work with and people I know here, there, and everywhere on Facebook. But for me, Facebook can be a distraction. If the first thing I'm doing when I wake up is go to Facebook, how many know Pastor Dick might be messed up? Yeah, pray for me, (laughs) David. All right, so these are the distractions. These are just some that I see that come towards my life, maybe towards you, Facebook, Netflix, sports, just busyness, love of pleasure, worldly pursuits, wrong relationship, not being kingdom-minded, caught up in your own world not rather than the kingdom of God. We could add a bunch of others there, but these are thorns. Even when your heart has initially received, and maybe you've started strong, but these things constantly have got to be um, pressed through, and constantly do we have to remind ourselves, no, I'm going to the word of God. I'm going to the heart of God in Jesus' name. Amen? Last point I want to make, and then I want to pray with you, and then I want to release you. Number three, reacquiring. How do we reacquire a passion for God and his word? Can I give you a couple tips? Pastoring a long time and what I found I need at at different times, because we're all the same, whether we're up here in a pulpit with a nice suit or whether we're whatever else we're doing in this life. We all have the same temptations. We all have the same challenges. This is one I find that works for me, and I'll, I'll give it to you. How, do we, how are we going to reacquire a passion for God and his word? I encourage you, maybe today would be a good day. Read Psalm 119. Now, it's a large psalm with 165 verses, but brethren, God has given us that psalm about the word of God that as you read it, your, your, your desire begins to re, be restirred and a fresh hunger comes for the word of God. So I'm going to give you that as a suggestion sometime today. It won't take you that long to read it, but it's all about how glorious and great the word of God is and it'll get into your spirit and it'll jumpstart you in Jesus' name. Anybody say amen. Number two, and also the most, this would be the most important thing. Be consistent. I call them devos around our house, devos, in your devotional time before the Lord. I was talking to a young man Saturday night when I was in Lafayette, uh, in the, uh, Louisiana, and I was asking him how his word life was, and he says, well, it's, it could be better. That means it's like really bad. And I said, well, are you, are you consistently in the word of God before your day starts? Whatever, if you're working shift work, whatever it is, before your day starts, it's good to get down quietly with God. So I gave him a simple suggestion because I know too much will just overwhelm him. For anybody in that particular frame right now, if you'll just take 15 minutes, I'll give you a 30-day challenge. If you'll take 15 minutes a day, it's not how much you're reading. It's the consistency. 15 minutes a day. Why don't you take a psalm every morning before you go to work? Read it. Just rest in it. Enjoy it. Chew it. 
Maybe the verse will become a voice. God will just encourage you. Psalms are just so much um, full of, con- of, um, of encouragement. There's so much oil in the Psalms. And if you'll do that, just 15 minutes, if you're not doing too much right now. And if you really want to be cool, before you go to bed, do a proverb. There's 30 proverbs, enough for virtually, or 31, I should say, enough for every day of the month. And see, what, see how you're like by the end of that 30 days. You might be pastoring a church somewhere someday, right? It's not how much. Truly, I've just learned this in my own life. It's just being persistent and consistent. And I have found, and, and since I've been saved, and even before I was saved, I, I would devour the Word of God because I knew my life wasn't what it should be, that God builds these things into you. And truly, out of my devotional life and all these, these decades, um, teaching in the roar, and I've done a commentary on the whole Bible, every book of the Bible. Well, how did that happen? Well, it just was a period of years just being in the Word, going through the, the Bible, where God gives you revelation. He speaks to you. And revelation is something you'll never forget. It'll go into your spirit. So what I was doing, when the teachings I do in the roar with our students, they, most all of those have come in my devotional life, just revelation truth God has transformed me with that become real, and then I write it down for others. So if you'll do that, God will will build something into you that is so strong. When the pressures of life come, when the distractions of life come, you're going to be steady Eddie. You're going to be good. You know, a lot of you know I, I, I love to fly airplanes. I don't have one right now, but I got a new one coming. I'm just confessing that. I mean, I don't know where it's coming from. And, um, but God knoweth, because I still have a desire to fly once in a while, right? But when we fly an airplane, the, I could fly across the United States in a small plane. They have what's called VORs. They're little radar sites. Some of you know about aviation. And you'll see them. There's one on um, uh, 51 right by uh, the Bible League there. It's like an upside-down uh, ice cream cone, and it sends out, radiates um, a beep, all around, and airlines or little planes like mine, I set my um, VOR device, and, and there's a needle there, and I could fly any way in the world, just looking at my aeronautical chart, and if I just fly, uh, keep the needle straight, I'll go over those things, and you'll never be lost. It's like really cool. So, um, to be a little bit more um, interesting is uh, one time where I was in Egypt, and I had my family with me, and, and some others were ministering there. And um, Harvest and I, she was probably about 10 years old. She likes to travel with her dad. And I said, Harvest, after we're done, let's go way out into the, into, the, into the sand, into the desert areas by the pyramids. So her and I, we just kind of went. We walked so far into the deserts. All you saw was sand, just like you would see on National Geographic. We walked so far that all we saw was Bedouins with camels, like you would see thousands of years ago carrying things. And then I knew we were really far. We made uh, sand angels in the sand. Just have, It's a great memory. But then I realized one of the purposes of pyramids, I kind of got, no one told me this, I kind of figured it out. If I go out into the deep sand where there's no reference points, if I keep knowing where the pyramids are over to my left, we won't get lost. Amen? So sure enough, the pyramids acted just like the Word of God does, right? That's the point. 
It keeps us on course. It keeps us from being lost. It brings order. It brings faith. It cuts through confusion. You're not wandering in your life. The Word of God keeps you on track, and that's just the way it is. How many have found that out? It's just true. Any situation we come up against in our life, the Word of God has a VOR, has a pyramid. Don't get weird on me. Yeah, we don't worship pyramids, but, it, but the Word of God just keeps us on course, and thus we can keep others on course. So um, consistent devotions. Do that for you. And here's the classic picture of devotions coming on. I'm almost done here. Luke 10, 38 to 42. If you would just turn there. This is the picture of of Martha and Mary. Classic Devo material here from the Word of God instructions. Luke 10, 38 to 42. Now it came to pass, as they went, they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him, Jesus, into her house. And uh, she and her sister, called Mary, she sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me from the kitchen here and, um, and I'm serving alone? Bid her, therefore, that she come and help me. And some dramatic words from Jesus. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. Jesus says your name twice. You better pay attention. Martha, Martha, thou art anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, quickly, um, Jesus often went to this house. They knew when he was coming. They should have, this is just my surmising, they should have been ready for him to come. In those days, men and women sat in separate rooms. Mary violated all the cultural norms because she loved Jesus and wanted to hear his words. She went and sat down at his feet. So that was cutting through like a buzzsaw through cultural norms. And sitting at the feet of Jesus is a picture of a disciple. And she sat and she listened to the word of God. Brethren, our lives are busy. But we, if we're serious about God, need to do the one thing. And that's to make sure we sit at the feet of Jesus. And we listen in an attitude of a, of a disciple the attitude of one, speak, O Lord, like, like uh, Samuel. Speak, O Lord, and thy servants will obey you. That's the way she was seated. And Jesus said, Martha did okay. She was, and there's always times to serve. This isn't an encouragement to be lazy. But brethren, in the busyness of life, Jesus did not rebuke Mary. She chose the best part. And it will not be denied to her. So, brethren, you can be as close and as near to Jesus as you want to. And God will not reject you. And God will fill your cup every single day. Anybody say amen. All right. Now, this message is to encourage. Anybody getting encouraged this morning? All right. Now, how do we return to 
this place of honor in the sight of God, sitting at his feet? How do we return to loving and longing for the word of God? Well, it's a simple answer. We repent and we return back to the Lord. And here's one of my favorite. This is my last thing I'm saying to you from the word of God this morning. We're going to pray together and then I'm going to release you. But one of my favorite scriptures comes out of Job, chapter 22, verses 21 to 28. And this has been an encouragement to my life for a long time. So we repent and we return to our first love. Verse 21 says, submit to God and you will have peace. Maybe there's someone here who's lost the peace of God because of whatever. Submit to God, surrender to him afresh, and you will have peace, says the Lord. Then things will go well with you. Next thing he says, verse 22, listen to my instructions and store them in your heart. Let them sink down deep. Let them percolate like an old coffee pot. Percolate the word of God till it gets down into your heart. Listen to his instructions. Listen to my instructions, God's saying this morning, and store them in your heart. Verse 23, if you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. So clean up your life. Why don't you be a minimalist? You know what a minimalist, he he gets rid of the clutter. We all got clutter. I got my share of clutter in my life. As we remove the clutter and we put our eyes on the prize, it's Jesus and his word. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. So clean up your life. Get the clutter out. If you give up your lust for money, that can creep in very subtly. God is our source. Yeah, we got to work hard. we got to be diligent. But let's do it God's way. Don't lust after money. Love God. Seek first his kingdom. If you give up your lust for money and throw your precious gold into the river, the things that sometimes in our flesh the temporal things we value so much. God says, throw, those, throw that stuff in a river. It's, a, it's an attitude. And look at 25. The Almighty himself will be your treasure. If you meditate on that, joy is going to burst into your heart. The Almighty himself will be your treasure. He will be your precious life. Then you will delight in the Almighty and look up to God. How many want to have the delight restored? Don't raise your hand into your heart again, where you delight in the Lord. You delight in his word. You're excited about it. Then you will take your delight in the Almighty and look up to God. Listen to this promise. You will pray to him, and he will hear you, and you will fulfill your vows to him. You will succeed in whatever you choose to do, and light shall shine on the road ahead of you. Isn't that precious? Guys want to pray with me? I'm praying with you. Anybody want to return afresh to the Lord and dedicate our lives and our heart fully to him, his purposes, be kingdom-minded, and get a fresh delight in the word of God? You guys ready? Seated right where you are. You ready? Let's pray together. Lord, this is where we want to be. We want to cry out the big O. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Lord, we want to have souls that break and long 
for your word at all times. So, Father, we just come before you, and, Lord, we just repent for yielding to the distractions. We repent for yielding to the busyness of life. And, Lord, we just turn to you. We submit to you. And we purpose in our hearts to listen to your instructions, to store them up in our hearts. Lord, we're going to chuck the stuff. It's not necessarily even bad stuff. It's just clutter into a river. (laughs) And, Lord, we want you again to be our treasure. We want to delight in you. So, Lord, would you forgive us? Would you cleanse us? And, Lord, would you release within us fresh hunger, fresh delight in the Word of God, fresh longing? And we receive that, Father, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name.